Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the world of wine, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to focus on Bulgaria, a country in Central Europe, which may not be associated with quality wine production, but it does have a long history of making wine, going back 3,000 years, and had its heyday in the 1980s, when it was widely distributed in Eastern Europe, but also in the UK, when uh, Bulgarian Cabernet Sauvignon was quite the thing. And since the fall of communism, it's gone through some difficult years, but in recent years, there's been um, an increase and a focus on good wine for both the domestic market and for exports as well. So a country that's undergoing quite a bit of change. It is a small country, Greece to the south, Serbia to the west, Romania to the north, and the Black Sea to the east, which has an important moderating effect, as does the River Danube, which separates Romania from Bulgaria. Vines are planted all over the country, except in the Balkan mountain range, which is in the middle of the country. Most of the vines are planted on rolling fertile flatlands. So growing grapes here is actually quite easy, which is why in the 20th century Bulgaria focused on high-volume, inexpensive wines, because it's quite possible to make lots of wine without too much trouble. The summers get very hot, up to 40 degrees C, but the winters are extremely cold and can be as low as minus 25 degrees C. And as I mentioned, the Black Sea does have a moderating effect, but the climate is really continental with those incredibly hot summers and very cold winters. One problem that Bulgaria can have for grape growing is that uh, fungal diseases can be common due to humidity, and to combat those diseases, agrochemicals may be used. Bulgaria's wine history in the 20th century is extremely industrial, so using chemical products is kind of part of that culture. But on the other hand, irrigation is not necessary, nor is chaptalization, because you're going to get those um, hot summers, everything gets ripe, no problem. But then you have water readily available, especially from the Danube. So although Bulgaria's history in winemaking goes back 3,000 years, there was a big lull from 1393 to 1878 when it was under Turkish rule. And although vineyards remained there, wine growing was really interrupted under that culture, similar to Greece. And really, the present wine industry in Bulgaria is less than a century old. It was only in the 1930s that the country became an important exporter of wine and table grapes. But then came communism, and the communist government nationalised wine production in 1947, and two years later set up Vinprom, which was a government body which controlled commercial production and trade. So everything was centralised under communist rule but quite different from Hungary, where wine production really went into decline and neglect and all the high-quality wine was really left behind. In Bulgaria, the government really invested quite heavily in wine, seeing seeing it as an important industry, especially for exports. In the 1960s, huge agro-industrial complexes were established to grow crops on a large commercial basis. And not only that, but new grape varieties were planted, especially international varieties, such as Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot, and then for the whites, Riesling, Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc. And the plantings of these grape varieties really um, set Bulgaria up for their success in the 1980s, when the wines were heavily exported. And the vineyards that were established in the 60s were huge, with high training and wide spacing to allow mechanisation. Uh, wineries were set up by, by Vinprom to take advantage of the international grape varieties that were growing and the huge quantities of them. And in many ways, it's quite seamless. The huge demand for red wine 
didn't require any new technology that was already there. However, uh, Soviet demand for sparkling and sweet wines did require new technology to be introduced, and that was helped by uh, Pepsi, who um, wanted to sell their product in Bulgaria. And so in exchange for that, they provided links to UC Davis in California to help bring in new technology for the large levels of wine production that was established in the 1960s onwards. That 20-year period from the 60s to the 80s, lots of inexpensive wine was exported, especially to the UK. And in the 1980s, Bulgaria was the fourth largest supplier of red wine to the UK. Bulgarian Cabernet Sauvignon was quite um, popular in the 1980s. However, right at that heyday of Bulgarian wine exports, Mikhail Gorbachev became president of the USSR, and he wanted to crack down on drinking in uh, what is now Russia, which has had a long... Um, problematic association with alcohol. And in doing so, he targeted Bulgaria, where a lot of the wine was coming from, and so vineyards were uprooted, uh, grape prices were fixed, which really um, stopped any quality developing, dead, diseased vines were not replaced, vineyards were abandoned, and so the wine industry really went into a, a very rapid decline. In 1985, four and a half million hectolitres of wine was produced. In 1990, that had fallen to 1.8 million hectolitres. So that's just in five years. And then came the fall of communism. Uh, so Vinprom was disbanded in 1991. And again, differently from Hungary, which really revived after the fall of communism, Bulgaria's wine industry really went into disarray. There was rampant inflation, the export market had to be reorganised because of the collapse of the Soviet Union and its neighbouring communist countries. The land was re redistributed to people who had owned that land before 1947. So of course they had no uh, viticultural experience, they hadn't worked with that land. It also meant that it was extremely fragmented with really tiny holdings, and so that really um, stopped quality developing with just these small landowners not really know what they're doing. And again, unlike Hungary, there wasn't the same foreign investments that that country received. So it's a difficult 20 years after the fall of communism, although quality and exports are slowly rising again, and it's really been a focus on quality, rather than the huge volume that Bulgaria used to be known for. So about 35% of the wine made in Bulgaria is sold in Bulgaria, so there's an increase in domestic consumption with a rising middle class. So that's good for the Bulgarian wine industry that they have the domestic base. But that still means that 65% um, of wine is exported. And Russia is the leading export market, followed by Poland, Czech Republic and Romania. So the vineyards of Bulgaria have really undergone a lot of change, not all of it good. Um, neglect because of redistribution with those small holdings owned by people with no viticultural experience. The average holding is about half a hectare, which is tiny. And there's been a huge decline in the plantings. So in 2004, there were officially nearly 130,000 hectares planted, but 34,000 of those were abandoned. 6,000 of them were table grapes. For all those plantings, there were 15,000 growers. That's um, fallen since 2004. In 2013, there were officially 81,000 hectares planted, of which 69,000 were in production. And the wine sold totaled to 1.8 million hectolitres, although there is a sizable black market in Bulgaria with a lot of home production and consumption. So all of these figures are official but not necessarily strictly correct. One thing that Bulgaria does have is quite a lot of old vines. About half the plantings are over 30 years old. 
that's because of neglect so these vines do need to be uh, lovingly restored and because those vineyards have been neglected new plantings are important and the larger wineries have been able to invest in new plantings over the last 10 years although it is difficult with that fragmented structure. EU funding has also been important for Bulgaria that has enabled new plantings also investment in stainless steel and temperature control and also the use of oak which can be both local Bulgarian oak and French oak. Uh, Bulgarian oak has got better in quality as the coopers have uh, got better in quality as well. But until recently because of all these reasons the the fragmented industry decline in vineyard plantings uh, wine quality did suffer in the 90s and 2000s inconsistent poor fruit quality grapes being picked too early that fragmentation between growers and wineries but Quality now is rising and there are small wineries and large wineries which are really focusing on good quality which enables their wines to be exported. So let's look at the grape varieties planted in Bulgaria. 63% of all grapes in Bulgaria are black, so red wine is really the majority of wine produced in Bulgaria. There are some indigenous grapes. Pamid was the most widely planted grape variety but plantings had fallen to just under 7,000 hectares by 2009 mainly because it's not particularly interesting and it's rarely used for exports so with increased focus on exports it has been less planted. Another indigenous grape variety is Gamza which in Hungary is known as Kadarka and this is widely planted in the north of the country and accounts for about one and a half percent of plantings in Bulgaria and it can produce good wines in a long grown season provided that yields are restricted. Another indigenous uh, black grape variety is Mavrud which um, is grown in central southern Bulgaria and this produces robust intense tannic wines if it ripens fully with uh, small berries, low yields, and the potential for oak aging as well. So that's the more interesting grape. And then there's also Rubin, which was for some time seen as having the potential to become, to become Bulgaria's signature grape, but they've kind of abandoned that focus um, because it doesn't really produce wines with the longevity that people would like. What's really plant widely planted is Merlot, with over 10,500 hectares of plantings, and Cabernet Sauvignon, with around about 8,500 hectares of plantings. So they've maintained a focus on international black grape varieties. For the whites, there's Dimiat, which is for everyday drinking, and which has about 2,500 hectares of plantings, and that reflects the Serbian influence to the west. And then there's Raxitelli, which comes from Georgia, and that has about 3,000 hectares of plantings. That used to be uh, quite widely planted, but that was um, uprooted during Gorbachev's vine pool scheme, but still over 3,000 hectares planted. Then there's the Central European grapes, such as Welsh Riesling, Muscat Ottenel, and also Misket Chevron, which has pink skins, and it's used for simple uh, but aromatic everyday wine, so just over 4,000 hectares of that planted, and it's resistant to frost, which is important with those cold winters in Bulgaria. And then there's international grapes, Chardonnay and Uni Blanc, and also Riesling, Sauvignon Blanc, Aligate, and Gewürztraminer. So looking at the regions of Bulgaria, unofficially there are five regions. Danubian Plain, uh, Rose Valley or Sub-Balkan region, Thracian Lowlands, Black Sea, and Southwest or Struma Valley. With vines planted all over Bulgaria, there's only really Sofia and also the mountains that don't have any grapes planted. 
But despite those five regions, the EU has only accepted two wine regions as PGIs, Danubian Plain, which is the northern half of the country, and Thracian Lowlands, which is the southern part of the country. And that's probably because of the influence of large wineries, so they can source from all over. These two regions are quite vast and really quite meaningless, really, to look for quality. You really need to about the, know about the producer rather than the region. So those two regions, the Danubian Plain, uh, runs from Vidin in the northwest on the Romanian border, across the Danube, which is the border between Bulgaria and Romania, all the way to the Black Sea, and then down to the Balkan foothills as well. So it's basically the northern half of the country, and if you look at Bulgaria, you'll see the Balkan mountains in the middle, and the Danubian Plain is north of that. And these are all on the plains between the Danube and the mountains. And the Danube is important here because it provides water and also temperature moderation. And then south of the Balkan mountains are the Thracian lowlands. And again, this is a huge plain, the Thracian plain, which runs from the Pyrin mountains, which are southwest of the country, on the border with Greece, all the way across the country to the Black Sea. There are those unofficial subregions. You're unlikely to see those on a label. So they're not officially recognised by the EU for exports really focus on the grape variety and the producer when looking for a quality Bulgarian wine, if you can get your hands on some. So that's Bulgaria. Thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.